0: As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee: Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou shalt thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shall, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Precious Lord, be with us. Father God, give us that saying exhortation to be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. And then tell us one more time, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with all of us who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We live in a world. We live in a world. So many people are fearful. So many people are fear, scared of the craziest things. Fear is one of the most powerful emotions there is. Fear. People still people still not coming to church out of fear. Going everywhere else. We just went to Walmart yesterday. Cindy stopped at Walmart to get some stockings. And had to park, had to park, I mean, a hundred yards away from the store. And Walmart nasty. Walmart dirty. You got people from all over. I mean, I watch you I'm watching people walk in Walmart that don't look like they showered in weeks. Seriously. And we got buggies, we hold on to buggies and, you know, and they serving and it's just a filthy, filthy place. And churches might want to come to church. They want to, they want to be blessed. They want to be prosperous. They want God. They want God when they're going through. They get in trouble. they, They they, when they get in trouble, they call the Christians. Now ask yourself this. If this scripture does not resonate, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or they seed begging bread. All the difficult times you've seen over the last five years. How many, how many Christians do you know that are going through? Think about it. Think about all the people that you know are going through and then think about their relationship with the Lord. Think about it. Nobody in here can say, I know somebody who's on fire for the Lord, who loves the Lord, and they they going through. Nobody can say that. How do I know that? How can I stand here flat-footed and dogmatically say that I know that? Because I can stand on God's word. I can stand on God's word. Everybody I know, everybody I talk to that's going through, struggling, suicidal thoughts, depressed, upset, going through, you know what? They don't, they don't have no relationship with the Lord. So sad. Verse 6. I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna move. I ain't gonna go all the way back. Verse 6. God is telling, God has tell has told in this in these first nine verses, God has said to Joshua three times be strong. Only be that strong verse seven and and be strong and of good courage and Joshua was Joshua was a warrior okay Joshua was fiery he was a fighter Joshua was one of the two one of the two spies that came back that he sent over with the twelve and they and God had told told the twelve and told Moses that the land is yours and he's and, and Moses made a mistake. He sent 10 too many spies over there to check out the land. And the 12 went over there and 10 came back and said, oh, we saw it. And they were like giants and we like little grasshoppers. They're going to stomp us. And And all Joshua seen was God. All Joshua and Caleb seen was God. Joshua and Caleb said, oh, God gave it to us. Let's go. Let's go get it. And then you came back, and Moses sided with the people, and they didn't go and conquer. Joshua, I was reading Matthew, Henry Henry talk about Joshua. He said he wasn't, he wasn't like Moses. Moses was a big guy, big, strong guy. Joshua was a small fella. He was small in stature. Moses was Moses was a big guy. Moses, remember Moses killed a man with his bare hands and buried him in the sand. You know, listen, little dudes don't do that. (laughs) Joshua, great man of God, but God was calling Joshua to do a great task that only could be done by divine intervention. See, see, I, I said it last week. God never gonna call you to do something you, you, you're not equipped to do. If God is saying, I need you to do something, then He's gonna equip you to do it. Okay? God's gonna equip you to do it. I see so many people say, well, God told me to do this, and then a year later, did you do any? Did you do it? You can do nothing. If God called you to do it, God's going to equip you to do it. You ain't got to worry about it. If it's, if it's coming from the Lord, if God say, you know what? I'm calling you. I need you to do this. You can rest assured. You can do it. Verse six. Be strong and of good courage. Now, now what I talked about last week, that if, if God is calling us, he's equipping us. Now, we, we know he's going to give us power. We get power when we get saved. The moment you get saved, and I, and I say, if you want to find out if you say, saved, listen, you ain't got to have nobody tell you you're saved. You don't have to be judged by the people. You can judge yourself. Yeah. You can judge yourself. And you say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I'm saved. Okay, here's the test. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Okay, did you get it? Did you get it? Now, if you say you got it and ain't using it, then you got problems. How do I know that? Because when Jesus was handing out power, he he gave one man five talents and he gave another man two talents and he gave another man one. And when he came back, the one he gave five had ten and the one he gave two had four. And the one that had one, the Bible said he, he buried it in the ground. He said, well, I know you, you're a rough customer and I ain't want to, no, no, no. Jesus rebuked him and cast him somewhere bad. So if you saying you got power and you say you got the Holy Ghost, then you better be saying, God, what do you give me this for? Because I ain't doing nothing. That ain't a good place to be. Okay? Some, some, some would say that you have a form of, of godliness, but the dying of power. If God has given you power, it behooves you, it behooves you to ask God in your own time, in your own privacy. God, you have given you 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 I'm I'm saved, ain't I? That'd be the first thing I ask. Amen. Okay, I'm saved. So I got power. What do you want me to do? Okay. When Paul was when Paul was preaching to the Thessalonian church about power, I'm, I'm not gonna stay on power too long. Y'all know if I go back, I can stay back. First Thessalonians 1, and 5, one of the great one of the great verses in the Bible. Paul preaching to these Thessalonians, and 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 they were not saved. They was the matter of fact when they got saved, they wrestled with stuff. You know how many of us when we get saved, we wrestle with stuff because Satan don't want to go. Satan ain't just trying to. He's just not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, you are gonna go with Jesus now?" Satan so don't uh, operate like that. He's gonna give you the absolute blues, and anything you have to, anything you have to deal with with Satan, Satan gonna make you fight for Remember that little boy? We are gonna talk about it in the next couple Sunday school lessons. Little boy guy, he was he was filled with he was filled with demons and everything, and his father brought him to brought him to Jesus, and Jesus went to cast that thing out of him, and it wrestled with him. He was on the ground vomiting and everything. That's how Satan do. So Paul's saying here in verse five of 1 Thessalonians one, he said, "For our gospel came not to you in word only, okay." But also in power. Power to do what? Power to snap you out of some stuff. Power to keep, power to get you free from Satan. You can't get free from Satan on your own. It takes the power of God. You ain't just walking away. You're not just walking away from your past and walking away from drinking and smoking and gambling and fornication and whatever you may be doing. You're not walking away on that on your own. You need the power of God. Amen. I know I know, I know a guy who was who was a stone alcoholic. Stone alcoholic. God came into his life, filled him with the power of God, and, and, and till this day, never taken a drink. No AA, none, none of that, none of that. You know, you know, I I you know, you sit in the classes, whatever that little stuff you go through, I'm a I'm an alcoholic, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I need I listen, he took the taste away. He took the taste away. Power. Give you power. Give you strength. Here's the one I here's the one I here's the one I, I didn't get a lot of it in last week. Give you knowledge. Give you knowledge. Give you knowledge. Back when I was back when I was back when I was young, one of the one of the rappers I used to listen to his name was Kumo D. Kumo D. Y'all like to see Toy, you're gonna have to Google that because that's way before your time. All right, so so Kool D says knowledge is king, and I still listen to that song. Sometimes I've been in the gym working out. Just turn on, cause back then when we listen to rap, everyone liked this stuff. Y'all listen Amen. to now. Uh, everyone listen, you know, you listen? You could you could you could you could be Christian and listen to some of the rap back there. Not today, not today. Amen. This stuff now, I can't even talk about it without feeling bad. All right, so 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 here's Paul writing to the the Colossians church another church that was going through. Paul Paul writes to them and says, and and and, and these folks, he said, when you become a Christian, when you come up, when you become a man of God, he said, God gives you knowledge, watch, and and you have put on the new man. Put on the new man. I mean, to, to put on the new man, you got to take off the old man, okay. okay? That's why when you go to the store to try on a new suit or something, you got to go on them little booths. I don't know if they even still do that down there. People just order their suits online. You know, and if you don't fit, you just send it back. But you got to go on them little booths, Okay? And you got to take off your old stuff and because you can't, you, you wouldn't know if it fit or not if you put it on top of the other stuff. So you, you put on the new stuff. And the Bible says, which is renewed. The new man that you put on is renewed in what? In knowledge. You get a whole new set of knowledge. Okay. You get a whole new playbook. Full of knowledge. Full of knowledge. You ought to abound in it. You ought to bound. You ought to want to be great. You ought to be. You ought to want to be great in knowledge for God. We so we so we so average. We so, we so mediocre. We, we just want. We don't want to be great. You know. I don't even know where that comes from. Why don't we want to be great? You got the Hall of Fame. And then baseball got a Hall of Fame. Golf got a Hall of Fame. What else? Golf, baseball, football got a Hall of Fame. Track and field hall of fame Tennis hall of fame And these people Want to go to the hall of fame I, I, It's hard for me to find Christians That want to, going to go to the hall of fame Amen. I want to go to the hall of fame Amen. Somebody say well, you ain't going to the hall of fame now. You know you coming at those small church Listen, you can go to, I, can come to, I can go to the hall of fame from Right here Okay, Because God, God sees my work God sees my effort God sees what I do and I, and I really think about that like that. I look at it like that. When I'm preparing to teach and to preach, I'm looking like, you know what? I don't, I don't always care what y'all think. Y'all, hope, I, don't, I hope y'all think I don't be preparing my lessons for y'all. Amen. Amen. I be preparing my lessons for God. Amen. And if God is pleased, okay, if God is pleased, y'all should be pleased, okay? Now a lot of folks don't, you know. I told y'all this morning, you know, one of one of the one of the guys used to be here, little chunky guy. He wanted to, he wanted to come up here dressed in any kind of way. And I said, you no, you gotta wear a tie. You know, you wear a tie. You can't come up here any kind of way, you know. And he said, well, you know, I, you know church, y'all's church was nice, with that pastor, I ain't like him. You know, I ain't here to be liked. They ain't like Jesus. Why should they like me? See, that's what I don't understand. see, that's what I don't understand about church anymore. Everybody want to be liked. We like our pastor. When, I, when after I hear that, I cringe. Especially if you got a cigarette in your mouth and a drink in your hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. I ain't got to tell me that. We love our pastor. He got drink. He couldn't get, a, couldn't get around the golf course. He'd stop every three holes and taking a shot. You got to come to our church, man. You got to hear our pastor. I said, I'm hearing them now. I mean, if I had to drink, if I had a drinking problem, and I you know if I had a drinking problem, y'all be the last person to see me with a drink. I'll be hiding that thing. I'll be like, God, don't let nobody see me doing this. Amen. I'm serious. Take it away before somebody to catch me doing it. They're preachers preaching with a pack of cigarettes in their pockets. Come on, man. How you preaching with a pack of cigarettes to everybody in the church Y'all sit there and watch that stuff for years. Yeah, y'all. I, uh, how about some wisdom? Let me keep moving. I'm, y'all be to say, "Now, nah, Pastor, slow down, so now nah, You starting to meddle? You know, I know how. I know how. I know how folks is. You starting to meddle? I ain't meddling. I just. I want to preach this. Not on God give you power. He give you strength. He give you knowledge. He give you wisdom. I'm not going where I went last week, cause I had a better lesson. But it's so much when you open up the scriptures to wisdom. It just opens up so many verses on wisdom. Okay. James says this: If any man if any of you lack wisdom, okay? Let him let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Upbraideth not mean he's not gonna give you wisdom like I'm gonna give you wisdom. See, God it don't operate like me. So y'all should be happy I'm not God. Because if I give you some wisdom, I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to it. I know you ain't gonna use it. I'm gonna get- you know, see, that's how we do. But God give you wisdom, he's not gonna. Criticize you and blame you. And you know, you know you always need some wisdom. And, you know, we put some little spice on it. God give you wisdom. And, and it's godly wisdom. Watch what he says in Colossians 3.16. One of the, you don't want to talk about one of the great verses in the Bible? Why can't we? We've been studying through Colossians on Wednesday night. Here's a great verse in the Bible. One of the great verses in the Bible. Colossians 3.16. Watch this. Watch how beautiful this is. People say, Paul, now Paul was mean, Paul, you know, Paul was, you know, Paul was a beautiful uh, writer of the gospel. He was a beautiful writer of the gospel. Okay, Paul wrote this. Colossians 316. He says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Think about that. Think about that. Let the word of God dwell in you. How, Paul, richly let yourself be saturated with, be filled with the word of God. Okay. You know, you know, you, know, you go, you know, you go, I, I go, I, I'm out drinking coffee or something. You go to Starbucks or you go to Dunkin Donut, And, and them folks, And I, I tell people, I say, man, that ain't no coffee. What you have done to that coffee, you have ruined that coffee. You have put all that. You know what I mean? I mean, you go to Starbucks. They'll put fifteen sugars and creams and syrups in. That ain't coffee. Okay. Coffee is drank black. That's it. Anything, anything else? You just messed it up. That's just me. Okay. That's just me. Me, Cream, and and Jake. We can drink coffee together. You drink it black. <laughs> But y'all put all that cream and sugar, that's a good good illustration because that's what we ought to be doing to ourselves. All right. That's what we ought to be doing. Say say you a cup of coffee. All right. Okay. And and the word of God is saying, let the word of God dwell in you richly. You know, go, go go to the Starbucks Baptist church and say, you know, I want a cup of coffee and just fill it with. Ephesians fill it with uh, uh, Genesis and Joshua. Put some Revelation in there. I mean, now you want you want that thing full. This you know, put a, put an extra First Corinthians in there. And you know, now you got the you get filled. And Paul said, "Let the word of God dwell in you richly." Now, somebody told me. If you can't take advice from somebody, if you can't take advice from them, don't take criticism from them. Okay, now you, if you, if, you, if this person can't give you advice, don't give them, don't take their criticism. That makes sense. Okay, so here's what Paul's saying: If you got the Word of God dwelling in you richly, now what can you do? Teaching. And admonishing one another. You do have somebody in church try to admonish you. That's why a lot of people ain't in church anymore. You get some unsaved people in church. Unsaved people in church trying to correct someone. Without the spirit of God. That's not a good thing. Uh-huh. Amen. Okay? Because you're not going to never do it right. And folks will be running around. You know, I sit there. It's, it's no excuse to me. It's no excuse to me. I hear it all the time. I got hurt in the church. Listen. Listen. I got hurt in General Motors. Okay? I was on that doggone welding, welding, doing, doing, doing uh, seat covers with this, with the welding gun—not the welding gun, but the little thing you hold the seats in, little clip thing—and hit my finger. And I, I'm going down the line. My that the the clip that went through my thumb, and I'm going down the line till somebody stopped. and they gotta come in, cut the thing, take me to medical. Did I quit General Motors? I got hurt at General Motors. Did I quit General Motors? No. Matter of fact, I didn't even get to go home that night. We <laughs> put a little t- t- taped it right up. Get your big butt back on the line. Okay? So, so so my point is, you're gonna get hurt at church? Okay? I didn't been hurt at church. I didn't been hurt at church. Man hurt the Pastor. Pastor hurt me bad. Cindy, Cindy church. Cindy's church, we got married. Cindy had me go to the church. She, yeah, you like my church. So I go to church with Cindy. I would do anything for her in 1983. Cindy <laughs> like, ain't here. Oh, I can tell the story. Good. So 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 Cindy had me go to this church with her, a church. Down, down the Union Baptist. So I go in there. I go in that church. So I'm going now. I'm going. I'm all gone home. Because there's one thing about me. If I started, I'm going to be good at it. I'm going I'm to I'm get into it. So I'm into it now. I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to Sunday school. I'm, you know, y'all, oh, y'all having a concert? Oh, I'll be there. I'll be at the concert. So I go to the concert. I go to the concert. Then I say, well, okay, they taking an the intermission. Oh, that's time for me to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I walked down there and, and I would have thought, I would've, you would have thought I was at an LGBT nightclub. It was so many of them folks down there, so many of them boys down there in that bathroom. I was like, whoa, what y'all doing down here? Whoa, what y'all doing down here? Okay, I'm like, I say, I'm, I'm gun ho. I'm young. I'm young in the faith. Okay, so church having business meeting. I ain't got no problem. I'm part of the church. Now let me go to the business meeting. So pastor doing a business meeting, they almost get done with it. He said, anybody got any questions, concerns, any issues? I said, yeah. Oh, young, He look at me. He said, what's what's up, Brother Neil? Your offering's pretty good. You you can ask a question. (laughs) I said, pastor, y'all had a choir concert last week. And I went down there. And I seen about 10, 15 sissies down in there. This is a real story. I ain't never told you all this. So I go, with my wife? Is? She ain't here. So so, so I went down, I, I, I'm at the business meeting, and the pastor looked at me, and everybody in that church looked at me like they seen a ghost. And the pastor said, this is a young man. And you go get you a camera, and you catch them in the act, and bring them pictures back, and then we may listen to you. But in the meantime, if you don't want to do that, this is a Zach words. Pastor Maiden. Zach words. He said, if you, uh, if you ain't want to do that, see, I'm 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 serious. Let the door hit you. Where the good Lord split you. I was like, whoa, this is how y'all doing. This is how we do in church. Y'all thought well, I might have been hurt? Okay. So, so I say, well, you know, that's cool. I can handle that. I'm a tough guy. So I go to church the next Sunday. I go to church the next Sunday. And the pastor from the pulpit. And he stands up in front of the church. He said, there's a young man here that says, we got a problem with sissies in the church. And everybody looking at me. And the church back then was full it wasn't like in here now. It was like every, I mean, it was a rows of people. And man, I, you know, I'm sitting there like, okay, okay, that's how y'all doing it. I'm cool. So I can go back. Cindy went next Sunday. She went the next Sunday. And she came home, she said, Keith, you would never believe what happened. All them boys, all them boys lined up in front of the church. All of them lined up in front of the church. Said we all that way. Because Jake got kids in here. We all that way. We all that way. And they they left. And a couple of them got killed and died. And just doing crazy stuff. But I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know it took that a long way. But something needs to be said. You're going to get hurt in church. Okay. You're going to get hurt in church. Because people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear the truth. Okay. So what does the truth do? Set you free. Okay? The truth set you free. So 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 talking about wisdom. Okay, let the word of God how dwell in you how? Richly teaching and admonishing one another. How? In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving. I like that part. With thanksgiving. What are we so thankful for? Why are we so thankful? Because we know where we was. We know why we were when we got saved. This is why we're thankful. Because we know. We know that we were lost. And we was hell bound. And we was in deep, deep trouble. As our song would say. I was sinking deep, deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. So we need to have wisdom. God will give you that. If he calls you, he's going to give you that. But here is the one that really... Made me stop last week because I said I can't go no further than this because this is so fascinating. Where did I stop last week? Anybody know? Sylvia know. I stopped when I started talking about patience. God will give you patience. I said last week we one of the one of the names of God. He's a God of patience. Okay? He's the God of patience. Let me tell you something. All right, I, I call y'all out a lot, and, I, and I, that's just what I do. I, you know I, I'm not trying to be nobody else's pastor. I do my thing, I do my style. I call you out. Jake, need patience.
1: Amen. Amen. Now, and I say that, and, and,
0: and I don't really have to go no further because I think all y'all know he need patience, because he's doing something that's going to try his patience in the years coming, he gonna, his patience, he's going to need patience. Okay, and and, and 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 we all do, but now the God of patience Romans fifteen five. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Now you listen, you can't have the patience of God without the person of Christ. Let me say that again: you cannot have the patience of God without the person of Christ. Two don't go together. See, lost folks don't have patience. That's why, this, that's why the world's so full of quitters. Okay? It's so full of people that's suicidal. Because they don't have the patience of God. They have the patience of this world. Okay? Listen. Paul writing to the to the Hebrew church. Let me tell you this. I'm gonna ask Sylvia. Don't answer. That's why I like preaching. Y'all can't, y'all can't raise your hands and bother me like y'all do on Wednesday night. But do you know? Do you know? You cannot get to heaven without patience. You know that? Have it, have it ever been taught like that? Have you ever even thought that patience was was mandatory for you getting to heaven? Huh? I didn't either. I'm learning like you guys are learning. But 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 he's writing. He's writing to the Hebrews who were who whose faith was being challenged by the Gnostic people. And they wanted to go back to Judaism. And Paul said, no. In Hebrews 1036. Watch this verse. It just it just mess with me. And, 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 and I believe the writer of Hebrews was Paul. So I said, the writer of Hebrews said for you. For ye have need of patience. What's he talking about? You have need of patience. Patience, biblical patience, is the ability to endure difficult situations and people without giving up hope and becoming angry. Another word for patience is to persevere, to hang in there, to battle, to be warlike, not to be, not to be, soft and compromised and watered down. That is not patience. That's not the patience of God. That's the patience of this world. But but he says this. Now watch. Hebrews 10.36. I'm talking about you need patience to go to heaven. You got to have it. You got to have it. Hebrews 10.36. Watch. For ye have need of patience. Why? That after you have done the will of God. You might receive the promise. Let me pull all that together. Okay? He says, For you have need of patience, you gotta be able to persevere. You gotta be able to endure to the end. You gotta be able to battle. You gotta have the ability to to cry and face all the obstacles and challenges life throws at you. But you're not getting to heaven. You can't get to heaven if you listen. Ain't no fighter, ain't no fighter ever won a fight when they quit in the fifth round. Amen. Unless the other. Unless the other fighter was on his back. Okay? Let's read that again. Okay? For you have need of patience. Why? That after you have done the will of God. Know what what the writer is saying? Doing the will of God is going to require all the patience in the world. You're not going to get into heaven slothful. Okay, You're not going to get into heaven. Ain't no quitters in heaven. Ain't no quitters in heaven. There are no quitters in God's army. So you say, I need patience. I need stamina. I need persistence. I need to be, I need to, somebody said, we sang it today. I'm on the battlefield. Lord, I'm on the battlefield. Okay? When you're on the battlefield, you need equipment. When David, when the Israelites was facing Goliath, Jesse David's father didn't didn't know they weren't on the battlefield, so he sent he sent David up there with some cheese and bread, say they up there battling, take them some 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 food. And David got up there, they wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> they wasn't they not doing nothing. David's brother said, oh you come to see the battle. David looked around, ain't nobody doing nothing up here. Y'all these is knocking, and then he heard Goliath. Call out the God of Israel. And David said, I, I didn't just hear that, did I? I can, I can imagine David, David. said, I didn't just hear that, did I? What did he say? And I, and, and I think Goliath might have said it again. Okay? And David said, oh, no. Oh, no. He might not even say it like that, you know? He might not say it like that. He might have, he might have put some, some like Margaret said, he might put some salt on that. Okay? Oh, no. Y'all letting that go on? Y'all letting that go on? But they didn't know. See, they didn't know the God of Israel like David did. Y'all, does it make it any sense? They didn't know the God of Israel. See, this is why when I hear people say, "Well, well, well," the preachers don't want to preach, and the preachers don't want to pray, and the preachers don't want to preach the gospel. They don't know the God of Israel. They don't know the God of Israel. Y'all, y'all, see, y'all be y'all be fooled if y'all believe that every preacher has the power of God in them. Okay, they don't. That's why they. That's why they so wishy washy. Ain't no. Ain't no preacher. Ain't ain't no real preacher gonna be having no gay dude playing on an organ. Amen. It's just not gonna happen. I know y'all been. I know we've we've been dealing with it for years. But ain't no real preacher putting up with that. Uh-huh. That's contagious. That kind of stuff is contagious. A, a little. A little leaven. Leaving the whole lump. When we start, when we start allowing that stuff to, to infiltrate the church, then, 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 it contaminates the whole church. And the church is contaminated. The preacher won't stand up for nothing. The churches are splitting over same-sex marriage. How is that even possible? See, some, so, some of this stuff don't even make sense. How is that possible? How can a pastor say, well, I'm cool with whole same-sex marriage? How is that possible? That is not. Okay? So, 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 so that verse there says, for you need to, to, you need, for we have need of patience. Why? That after we have done the will of God, after you done got beat down, you're gonna get beat down for doing the will of God. Okay? You're gonna be ostracized, you're gonna be excommunicated. You know, you're not gonna be in the preacher's groups. You're not gonna be called to preach at nobody's church. None of that ain't gonna make nothing to do with you. you. Don't want nothing to do with that dude. I was at a church in Warren. Pastor called me when I was young in the faith. He called me. He said, "Hey, brother, I had a, I got pastor anniversary, and the guy that was supposed to do it can't make it. Can you come up and preach?" It was Saturday night. I'm I'm cool. I'm ready. I, I always got a Saturday night special. Okay, so I go up there and preach. But you know, when you start preaching the gospel with the power of God, you you don't know you don't always get control of what's coming out of your mouth. Okay, so I'm up in here preaching at this man's church, and and and, and then for whatever reason. You know, my the text took me for this is the will of God in First Thessalonians four three, and and I started talking about the, 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 our sanctification is based on fornication. We don't want to be fornicate. You don't want to be in a fornicating church. And and and, 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 the, and the pastor was squirming. I mean, he was squirming around. And 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 after the church service was over, he talked to me first. He said, "Man, you gonna have you gonna empty my church out." He just exactly what he told me. He said he's my witness back there. This man told me all these women in this church is fornicating. Man, that was deep stuff. He never called me back, but that was deep stuff. <laughs> he said, he said his exact words. He said, "You gonna have me preaching to the walls? All these women in here fornicating." And I said, "You know that?" But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what else happened. And he stood up next to me. And all the women came up to me at that, after that church. And they said, thank you. Thank you for preaching the gospel. I needed to hear that. I don't, I don't know what happened after that. I, I, I never see none of them anymore. Okay. You know, because he never called me back. But, but they, they told me that. They said, thanks. I needed to hear that. Let me give you one more on patience. I could give you five more. Let me give you one more. I'm not getting far. I'm not getting far with Joshua one nine. But this is interesting because this is a familiar verse. Hebrews 12 one. Here's 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 the writer of Hebrews. And again, I think it's Paul. I would I would put my money on it as Paul if I was a gambling man. And I'm not God delivered me from gambling. And I thank God for that because ooh, that was, that's a that's a disease for real. That's one. that that see. That's one that the church has accepted. We, the church has accepted gambling. Do you know at any given any given Friday you can go to McDonald's on the north side and there is church buses, church cars, people perking their cars from church, getting on the bus, going to the casinos? Seriously. Seriously. Anybody any, anybody in here know about some, some folks with gambling addictions? They broke, ain't they? Ain't nobody winning. Ain't nobody winning. Ain't nobody winning at Hollywood casinos. They don't talk that stuff. Oh, I mean, every time I go over there, I hit. No, you don't. Know. Because if you did, every time you went over there and you hit, there wouldn't be no Hollywood casinos. But every month, Hollywood casinos is taking in about $30 million net. $30 million net. Y'all know what net mean? That means after they pay all their bills, after they pay all their waitresses, after they pay everybody that's dealing cars, after they clean all the carpet, after they get all the grass cut, any bill they got is paid, and they still making $30 million net. Who winning? <laughs> Ain't nobody winning. I mean, you know, you can go. I, you know, I, I, I'll leave it alone. I leave it alone. Cause it, you know, talk to Cindy about it. Hebrews 12.1, Watch we talking about patience. Watch the writer of Hebrews say now. This, now, when you really start examining what patience is, biblical patience, you see it in this verse. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with no with with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us. Children of God, children of God who believe that their only way to heaven. Let us lay aside every weight. In the sin. Which so easily beset us. And then he has this. And let us run with Patience. The race that is set before us. Run with patience. Meaning, meaning, we're going we gonna to run with the word of God. We're going we gonna to maintain our hope. We're going to run with intensity. I, is anybody here ran track? I ran track. I love running track. I ran track. And, and it didn't matter what the weather was. You get the certain time of the year track season, is always cold. It was always cold. You up there, cold. But you know, just because it was cold... Didn't change the attire that you had to run in. Okay, well, it's cold today, so y'all can run in y'all's coats and jeans. And No, no, no. You still had to strip all that stuff off, no matter if it was 20 degrees and the wind was blowing. You still had, you couldn't run in, I'm going to just run in my boots. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's what he's saying. Let us run with patience. Okay? Let us run in the most difficult situations, we still gotta run. When in the most crazy situations, we still gotta run. You still gotta run. No matter what the world's throwing at you, God is saying you still gotta run with patience. And let me tell you something. This world throws some stuff at us, won't it? Oh, I know it will. I know it will. It'll run this it'll it'll throw some stuff at us. But you know what's so wonderful about running with patience? You know what's so wonderful about being a child of God? God don't take no days off. God don't take no days off. And, 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 and when we running with patience and we out there battling on our worst day, we can rest assured that we have a God that is in our corner. He's not going to quit on us. He's not going to take a break. You know, you're not going to sit there, I don't know where God is at. He, he knows where you're at. If you're a child, if you're a good parent, Okay. you're a good parent my wife and daughter are good parents okay Jake good parent I bet I call Jake 7 o'clock Friday night he know where his kids at <laughs> seriously Every once in a while, you know, I once in a while I read, you know, three year old kid walking around the street in a diaper or whatever. I'm sitting here like I, I I I can't even squeeze my head on that, okay? It'd be it be three o'clock in the afternoon, eighty degrees, and 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 Cindy ain't letting them kids outside. I'd be like, Cindy, get them kids outside. That's another story. In, in my spirit, I hear Sydney saying, Leave me alone. Okay? Now, watch. Wherever God guides us, He always provides for us. Wherever God guides us, He always provides for us. That's what He said in Joshua 1 4 and 5. Watch. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Now, watch watch and there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life what if God talked to you like that is that not is that not an empowering message if God was to say to you and, and, and a lot of times I feel like God has said that to me. I feel like I feel that in my spirit. God has said, listen, bro, wherever you go, because I've been to some places. I've been to some places. I've been called to some places, working in hostels, working in prisons. I've been in some situations that, that I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. Okay? I, I've been called to, to, to do some some calls, some deathbed, deathbed. Visitations. I had no idea what I was going to say. I had no idea what I was going to say. call me and say, "Hey, chaplain, you need to go to the hospital. This this man is dying. He got twenty of his family members down there, and they in Hooterville." And I had no idea what I was going to say. I had no idea what I was going to say. You know what happens? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's one of the greatest visits ever. One of the greatest visits ever, because God spoke through me and spoke to just right to that family. And still to this day, those families send me cards and say, call the, call the place and say, thank you for sending that guy. He was a blessing to me. I had no idea. I had no idea. And, and when I read verses like this, I sit here and say, there, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses. And Joshua was with Moses. Joshua, I did I tell y'all last week how old Joshua was when this happened? When he got called to do God's work? He was 40. He was 40 years old, and he was a servant for Moses since the time he was a child. So he's seen God working in Moses' life. He's seen God working in Moses' life. He's seen God. And he says, So I will be with thee, and I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Why do you think he had to say all that stuff? Because he knew Joshua was seeing it. These people, he knew how unruly these people was that God was calling him to lead. How God was calling him to take to the promised land. He knew how cantankerous they was, how evil they was, how wicked they was. He seen what Moses went through. Remember the the children of Corinth what Moses had to do with them. He knew that he had he had a he had a supernatural task that only God could provide. Joshua with the power to do. Only God. And watch this. Maybe the last verse. This is the last verse. I'm not even so I'm just gonna do patience today. Next week I'm gonna pick it up because this is fascinating to me. I hope it's fascinating to you guys. Watch, watch this. Philippians 4.19. 4.19. When we get there, when we get to Philippians 4.19 as a people, and I'm not talking about just this church, as church as a whole. When we get to, when we get that Philippians 4.19 mindset, okay, then we can do some things for God. We can, do, we can do some things for God. But, but unless we get there, we will not want to do everything ourselves. We don't even, we won't ask God to do anything. We just want God to, you know, we pray to God. But we, we really don't mean it. We want to do what our hands can do. And then we get the glory. Then we, we got the past anniversary. We got names on every bench. You know, we got names on the flyer. Everything. We just lifting up people. Y'all been there, y'all. Buy a brick. Buy a brick. Put your name on a brick and give a hundred dollars. You know, that kind of stuff. Watch what Paul says. No, I don't think a lot of churches believe this. Paul says this. But my God. Okay. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. See, a lot of churches don't we don't get the rich folks in here. We don't, you know, we don't get the rich folks in the church. We ain't gonna be able to get do nothing because we need their money. We don't need we don't need nobody's money. Amen. We don't need nobody's money. Okay. We don't need nobody's money. See, there's some churches be mad, you know. You know big shot big shot, you know, big shot leader church. you know, we got you know, he don't like the message. I know, I know he ain't no good, so I can't preach. I can't preach because I'm gonna leave, lose all my big shots. John the Baptist wasn't worried about no big shots at his church. They showed up and he says, who called you? You brood of vipers. Well, Paul says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. Let me stop there. Let me... Quickly. That part on patience. I hope, I hope y'all understand that. And I, I know sometimes we can get confused about what patience means. And I know patience sometimes means you've been put in a situation where you've got to persevere, where you've got to endure, where you've got to battle, where you've got to fight, and you've got to ask God to give me strength to get through this. But the scripture is clear. For you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, and doing what God said to do is not easy. And it's gonna cost you. It may cost you family. It may cost you, it may cost you the love of your children. It may cost you some stuff, but okay, you need it because after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What's the promise? I don't even know if I covered that. Well, y'all know what the promise is. Heaven. 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 Somebody said heaven is a prepared place prepared people. Precious Lord in the name of Jesus give us patience. Give us the strength to persevere. Father God we pray for that family that whole community in Warren that mailman. Mailman shot dead in broad daylight. What mailman wants that job? How's that work? How's that work? That whole community, Father God, we pray for the whole community. We pray for Mayor, 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 Mayor Douglas. Pray for all the folks that's investigating it. Pray for those children. Pray for all the children in the neighborhood. A lot of children in that neighborhood. Pray for all the children in that neighborhood. Probably heard a shot. Heard a shot. What was that, mommy? What was that? The mailman. I just seen a mailman. Imagine seeing a mailman now. You're a 10-year-old child. you see something like that. Now you see the mailman. What's the mailman remind you of not a good thing? So we pray for mail carriers. We pray for mail carriers. We pray, God, that you give us the strength that you gave Joshua. How about that? To be strong and have good courage. Give us some courage. Give us some courage, Father God, some godly courage to stand up into the evil of this world. Give us some courage to to be your children, to be your men and women of God. Give our young people, give our young people in colleges and high school the, the courage to lift you up. We're not lifting God up. How do I know? How do I know? Pastor, you don't, you don't know. You don't know what we're doing. I, the results are everything. Because the word of God says, Jesus said himself, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. All men. And they won't be coming as they are. They be changed men. They be born-again men. They be Holy Ghost-filled men and women will be coming if Christ be lifted up. But if we just lifting up the church and lifting up the band and lifting up the choir, then everybody come. Jesus said, if I be lifted up. Yeah. Meaning, if I be preached, if I be preached, I'll draw all men under me. be scared of that. Preacher's scared to preach. Don't think that works. Have at it. Precious Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, darling.